I've had my black wool winter jacket for about 15 years. It's made of quality material, and I bought it with the intention of wearing it for a long time. I admit it, it's not something that you might see on the catwalks of Copenhagen, but it does the trick. Still, every year, there's this little voice in my head telling me to consider buying a new one. Money isn't the issue here. My concern is the fact that the clothing industry is responsible for 10% of annual greenhouse gas emissions. That's more than international flights and maritime shipping combined. I really don't want to contribute to this. What would you do if you were in my situation? Buy a new one because it's time for refreshing your wardrobe? Or would you choose so-called slow fashion instead? Maybe a secondhand jacket? That would be better for the environment. And according to some fashion experts and trendsetters that you're going to meet today, these options are actually part of the new cool. In this episode, we'll explore how more and more consumers are becoming aware of the environmental footprint of the fashion industry. We'll listen to two representatives of the Nordic fashion industry and a prominent influencer. And at the end, we'll get some tips on how to slow down fashion and create a sustainable wardrobe. I'm Afton Halloran, and you're listening to the Nordic Talks podcast. The chain of the clothing manufacturing is really long from the very beginning to the customer's pocket. This is Katrina Virtanen. She's the CEO of the Finnish fashion house Voglia. It causes the difficulties for consumers to understand the different stages. And the more the consumers would understand these stages, they would be willing to make better choices or maybe understand the pricing better as well. Voglia aims for clothing production that causes less harm to the environment. And this is the reason for joining this online discussion, which was recorded in Amsterdam during the Sustainable Fashion Days. First of all, Katrina and her company Voglia have made the choice to shorten their supply chain. Their factories are placed in neighboring Estonia and not on the other side of the globe. When it's that close, we can operate in daily basis with the workers and we can have the quality checkups in high level. And because we don't have to transport the collections or uh, samples or anything from far behind <laughs> end yeah. of the world. So it keeps the uh, chain pretty fast and flexible. One thing is shorter distances, which means lower greenhouse gas emissions from transport. Other concerns are pollution, the enormous consumption of water, and the use of pesticides on cotton fields. This means that there's a need to reevaluate all aspects of clothing production, according to Elin Larsson. She's the program director of Resource, a Swedish innovation arena that supports the efficient use of resources in both society and business. And Elin knows a lot about fashion from her days as sustainability director at the fashion giant Philippe K. If we should focus on the materials, of course, every recycled material is a lot better than virgin ones. Uh, thinking about 
cotton, which is a really um, big fiber being used. Organic cotton is far better than conventional cotton. And I think looking ahead, I hope we will be able to find materials that actually come from waste from other industries. We're not really there yet, but we will be. But I think the main thing here is that uh, materials is only one small part of a, a product environmental impact. So it's more important to look at where is it produced, how is it produced, what um, energy sources has been put into the, uh, the factories where, where, where they've been produced. One of the first steps to create change and minimize the climate footprint of the fashion industry would be to do something about overproduction. Every year, 80 billion pieces of clothing are produced globally. That's more than 10 pieces of clothing per world citizen. Literally a new wardrobe every year. And then you also need to consider that a lot of clothes are only worn five, six, seven times before they're thrown away. In Finland, Voglia has experimented with an attempt to combat overproduction. And we tested a pre-order concept for our spring-summer 20 collection Mm -hmm. uh, end of the last year before Corona and everything (laughs) so long time ago. Uh, And the idea was to open the entire collection for normal consumers, like it would normally be only shown for the retailer suppliers that time, which is um, often like six months before that same collections gets into the stores. So we wanted to test how to communicate directly with the consumers about the collections in advance so that we would not produce anything that is not relevant. And the ultimate goal of this model would be efficient, uh, demand-driven production planning and manufacturing, plus a new way of making sales in which the consumer would be rewarded in their commitment in advance. So this would have a huge impact um, in one of the biggest problems in the fashion industry, which is overproduction. Actually, from the production planning perspective, we got really good information and we actually completely excluded few models of the collections because they didn't interest anyone. It's one thing to ask the consumers what kind of clothes they prefer to buy before the production even begins. Another is to inspire consumers to make conscious choices when shopping for clothes. A lot of people want to buy more sustainably or they want to do better, uh, but they just don't know where to start. This is Stephanie Vanden Sichtenhorst from the Netherlands. She's the founder of the sustainable fashion and lifestyle platform Let's Talk Slow and the author of the book A Sustainable Wardrobe. They want to buy more sustainably, but don't know all the options. They don't know what to look for. They sometimes don't even know that buying secondhand is a good option. So I think there's a lot to gain there. Elin Lawson agrees that there is a growing desire to dress greener, so to speak. At the same time, there's a feeling among consumers that it's an absolute jungle out there. There's a lot of surveys actually showing that that. Customers do want to, you know, um, be more sustainable, they, but they lack the tools to act. And uh, they also have a problem fully trusting the sustainability claims of the brands. So I totally share that picture. Um, and there's lots to be done concerning that. 
And just to give you some numbers from the Swedish side, that we had a survey that state that four of five customers say it's important to buy from more sustainable brands. But then on the other hand, when you ask, you know, what are the most important parameters when doing a purchase, um, quality and price still is on top and climate environmental issues comes pretty low down on seventh place. So there is still this gap between theory and action. I guess it's unavoidable that price matters to a large extent. But so does quality and the longevity of the textiles. That's at least part of the trend that Stephanie sees. Here in Amsterdam, a lot of people get more conscious. Uh, They want to buy more consciously. I think what COVID has done is that because people were working from home or not going anywhere, they really got more aware about what they have in their closet and what they actually need. And I think that's a very positive sign. Um, It's also something I mentioned in my book. It's like a sustainable wardrobe doesn't have to be perfect, but it's good to know what items you need in order to complete outfits or what you really need is important. And I think that shift is going on, but it's still hard. I think in the more urban areas, it's going a bit faster here. Like people are more uh, into sustainability. So what I see is that people want to have a more compact wardrobe, like capsule wardrobe, or they value a more minimal wardrobe. They want to have ease. And that's something we really see right now. And I think that's a great trend as well. And what we also see is that people are doing clothing swaps or that they're renting or going vintage shopping. I think that's also great because people, uh, when you talk about a sustainable wardrobe, people often think of the sustainable brands, but I think there's so much more to that. And also in the fashion industry, it's bigger than the sustainable fashion brands or the fashion brands on its own. The exciting part is that we now don't only have those companies that do like fancy dresses. You also have companies uh, here in Amsterdam, you have uh, Lena the Library, uh, where you can just rent everyday clothing. And people who are doing that are really, they're either trying new styles uh, to see if that's something for them, or people that indeed want to have more choices, but they don't own the clothing. And I think that's a nice way of getting your options. In Finland, Voglia Fashion House has also experimented with a wardrobe rental service. We tested the idea of an easy wardrobe in your pocket. What we did or what uh, products like Stephanie said, it would be nice to have also something, not just fancy dresses or something a little bit more everyday like. So we actually, while developing the product range, we start by testing work and office wear. So we also wanted to involve these more easy pieces in this experiment because of course, we have the festive collection there too, which is easier to consumers to um, see as a part of the concept. But in addition, we wanted to try if the consumers were willing to rent clothes due to the seasonal changes. For example, a proper outdoor jacket for the winter or lighter summer clothes for the holiday trips to Bahamas or somewhere. So we tried a little bit different corners in this pilot and... We kept this test running for six months mm-hmm. and we gathered really valuable information during that time. 
And maybe the first one is that the brand really should convince the consumers of these new models, that they're really safe to use and especially good for the environment. And understanding the fact that the rental will be the new business model in the future and the brand should not be afraid of losing sales. And the concept should be seen as an element that increases the value for the consumers. And the other thing was that the successful rental concept would need really high quality clothes because Mm -hmm. only the clothes will um, last after use for the next user time after time if it's made really well. So uh, this model would guide brands to focus uh, higher quality and longer lasting materials and products as well. Okay, so we can rent more, borrow more, or buy more secondhand clothes. But there will still be huge differences in the prices of clothes, at least for some time to come. You'll have the cheap mass-produced clothes versus the more expensive items that are made from high-quality materials and intended to be worn for a long time. So is there anything that we can do about that price difference? Today, as a company, it's always easier and cheaper to make the bad choices, to choose the bad materials, to choose the bad production processes, when it should really be the other way around. So from a you know, higher perspective, we really need regulations to help us make a shift when it comes to this. We need taxes on virgin materials, perhaps, or you know, there are several ways to go. But I think that is actually one of the, the main issues, to be honest. And and that we have subsidies, it's called, right? We, we subsidize mm-hmm. both oil, we subsidize, we don't pay the true price for water use. You know, dyeing textiles uh, uses a lot of water, as you mentioned earlier, in terms of genes. So when we're not paying the true price for the water, then you don't really have to be resource efficient in your mm-hmm. uh, production processes. Stephanie thinks that the way forward is for companies to be more transparent, And she also believes that every consumer can act within their own means. I think brands that are really exposing the costs are really nice because then people get more understanding of where the money is going. I also feel like some people just want to buy a lot and you can buy a lot of cheap things, but you can also invest more. And I think the great thing about investing is if you buy a high quality piece and you don't want it anymore, you can even sell it. I also think that if you invest more in a garment, you will appreciate it more and you will um, be more careful with the garment. You will take better care of the garments. And I think that's really important too. Next to that, I think the topic is often about sustainable fashion. But people who want to make a change can also look into other options like clothing swaps or secondhand. And then it's super affordable. So it depends a bit on what people can spend and how they want to spend it. Uh, There are also some more affordable, sustainable brands, but sometimes you just have to look more and search more online before you find them. So how can this new way of thinking and acting become the new cool? Like something that never goes out of fashion, like my black wool jacket. According to Stephanie, there's a need for consumers to be even more aware of how to compose a sustainable wardrobe. A good starting point is to value the clothes you already have. 
as consumers, we need to appreciate the item more. And it's hard because if you're working in the fashion industry, you know how long the supply chain is and you know how much work goes into one item. But if you're just a consumer, you don't know that. So you just see the end product and you don't get a feel for it. So I think as consumers, we need to educate ourselves as well. And maybe brands can show more about the process too. So consumers are more aware of that. Because I think that's a really important topic, the appreciation of your clothes. On the company side, both Katrina and Elin have some ideas as well. They both think that information needs to be provided about fashion products. One way of doing this is to cooperate with other organizations that also have sustainability on their agenda. I think the collaboration with different organizations, companies and individuals is a very effective way to uh, spread the awareness uh, and reach the audience. And we are also trying to constantly open our operations and a little bit more like educate people and be more transparent because we will be able to change the industry towards more sustainable direction only if the consumers also are they are aware of their choices and actions. I fully believe that the future wardrobe will be a multi-diverse wardrobe with a mix of new and pre-loved things, a mix of owned, rented or borrowed, and the wardrobe that can actually change and evolves in different speeds depending on the user without giving us a bad conscience. But to succeed with that, we need to showcase what that wardrobe looks like and inspire customers, as I think Katrina was talking about as well, to look at their wardrobe with new eyes. And here we can really need the help of the influencers, for instance. We need to make it inspirational, attractive, and also increase the number of alternatives. We need more brave brands out there trying out new business models and making attractive offers, but also that's very functional. Because if, to change your behavior, it, it needs to be both exciting, attractive, and, and functional for you as a user. And then my last point is only being that I think transparency and traceability is really also going to be a change maker, both in terms of that it actually helps customer making these conscious choices, but it's also a way of creating competition between brands. Once you're transparent, you can start comparing and that might drive change itself. Change is coming to the world of fashion, even though it might take some time. But in the meantime, I will continue to be inspired by the concept of slow fashion. I could rent a dress, go for a pair of vintage jeans, or even buy a secondhand pair of shoes. And my beloved winter jacket... Well, I've decided to wear it for yet another year. Be sure to check out Nordic Talks on Instagram and go behind the scenes of each episode. I'm Afton Halloran. Thanks for listening. 